one of the best search tactics there are because of the speed and agility of the tactic. You can literally get above the fire or adjacent to it in under three to four minutes of, you know, from your arrival time, you're in there searching and people want to go, well, you don't have a hose line. Well, you don't need a hose line. Firehouse Vigilance presents the Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Corey Moore, Firehouse Vigilance, Weekly Scrap, officially 163. My guest this fine evening is none other than Bobby Eckert. He is a second-generation fireman and a ladder company captain in the Camden, New Jersey Fire Department. He has a degree. He has the certs. He is an author, he writes, he operates Eckert Fire Tactics. He travels around the country speaking, teaching, educating, dropping knowledge. He is passionate about experience-based, street-smart firefighting, and I'm lucky to have him on the scrap. So, Captain Bobby Eckert, welcome to Scrap Number 163. Thank you, sir. I'm proud to be back. I'm actually running out of breath there. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm operating on DayQuil right now. So I have a nasty infection going on in my head. So if I sound weird or hack all over you, I apologize. Uh, anything I missed in the intro? Anything you would like to add? No, it's great. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And there is something to add to that, too. Recently, you took a, a position, right? Yeah, uh, I was just uh, offered a position as a technical editor of Fire Engineering Magazine, and I gladly accepted. Uh, Con- very proud to be part of the Fire Engineering team and uh, what, they're, uh, what they're doing over there. And, uh, you know, just some amazing stuff come in the fire services way uh you know very soon absolutely congratulations on that man that's very 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 big accomplishment uh to the audience i'm sorry about last night it was completely out of our control grant was there ready to go i was ready to rock and roll with grant schwabe and uh it was not in the cards because facebook live went down literally like five minutes before we started so he is coming back we will reschedule him the good side of it is we get a bonus scrap tonight with bobby and we still get grant in the future so All that being said, here we go with the housekeeping. The 9Ls is out and available. If you want to get it, you can order it at firehousevigilance.com. It's on back order. The the copies are supposed to be coming in. And uh, I will get, if you want it signed. If not, you can just get it on Amazon and you can get it faster, but it won't be signed. Um, That's that. Now we get to the sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Key Hose. Check them out on Facebook, The Hose Experts. The First Line Fire Service Training, LLC, dedicated to pursuing excellence in our craft. Find them on Facebook at First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Chief Dennis Riley is getting it on, man. He is growing his business. And, of course, Affordable Drill Towers, home of the Affordable Drill Tower and the Affordable Standpipe Prop. You can pump and roll using the Affordable Standpipe Prop. The Affordable Standpipe Prop fits through most classroom doorways, so you can do the standpipe theory, talk about it, and then you roll it out into the parking lot and you pump to it. Do the actual work. It comes with six standpipe valves that can be upgraded to PRVs, or you can customize them to be like what you have in your jurisdiction. Call Steve, 844-55-TOWER, or drop him an email at info at affordabledrilltowers.com. And finally, man, I love John Spira. Fit to Fight Fire. So proud to have his logo down there. Fit to Fight Fire believes our level of fitness and training will make the difference between life and death for others. Providing us the purpose and discipline to consistently train. Head on over to fittofightfire.com and become part of the community where you will get a daily workout and so much more. Fittofightfire.com. All right. Housekeeping done. Sponsors recognized. So here's Yo, what's coming out. Congratulations on your book, man. That's, that's a, 
quite an accomplishment. You went down the uh, the same road I have as self publishing. It's it's it, wait wait till Christmas time. <laughs> Brother, I was uh, overwhelmed by the response, uh, humbled and and super proud at the same time. And man, I'm I've I I don't want to say it the wrong way, but like stuffing envelopes with, with books got old after a while. It does, so, yeah, it's, yeah. I agree with you. I, I agree with you, thousand percent. But congratulations! I can't wait to read it, man. It's, it's some awesome stuff. Thank you, brother. Thank you very, very much. Uh, lost my notes. Pulling them back up. Here we are. All right. There was a lot we wanted to get to last time. We didn't even get to half of it because of the audience. And right now I'm going to read some of the stuff from the audience. Bobby Williams said, the one and only Bobby Eckert. Brandon Allen said, let's go. Going to be a wild one. There's no hype for this at all. (laughs) (laughs) All caps. Lighten Hawk Hawk Sang said, Bobby, let's effing go. You the man. Let's go. I I, I should have done that in a Jersey accent. (laughs) Now, a lot of let's goes, the fire ground gospel, according to Bobby, let's go from Sarah Luca. Let's, there's a lot of let's goes. Let's go. All right. <clears throat> and Robert Ridley said, free meal time. I don't know the story on the free meals, but that's the second time no, I heard I'll about it. I'll tell you, it's, real, it's, a quick, it's a quick story. Go, I mean, go. You know, Rob, everywhere he goes, he seems to weasel his way into a free meal. I, I, was, I watched it yesterday happen. It just, the dude is just king of getting free food. <laughs> there it is. Uh, just doesn't have his wallet. Uh, just just uh, mentions that I'm a little hungry. Just, you got lots of skills. Yep. All right. All right. Here we are. Building construction. Is it a lost art? That's kind of my first question to throw at you. I think it is a lost art. If 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 it ever was an art, if that makes sense to you. No. Yeah. 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 You know, I think there's there. there there's a great misunderstanding of building instruction because it's taught differently. It, it depends what text you read is, is, is the, is what you're going to gain from, from what it is. I mean, take IFSTA, for example, IFSTA has the wrong picture in their, in their goddamn textbook and in their, in their slides of a type three ordinary, they have a type two non-combustible. That's two totally different buildings two 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 totally different ways to fight a fire and they don't care. So, you know, you, you put IFSTA in the mix and you put all the other books, you know, all the other, um, you know, book companies in the mix, and everybody's on a different page. So, and then you go to your local fire academy and take a firefighter one, firefighter two, fire officer class, or whatever it is, and you know they brush right by the building instruction chapter. People are falling asleep; they don't know what it is, or they don't want to care. Trust me, I was one of them kids twice. I took fire one when I was eighteen, took it again when I was twenty-two when I got hired in the city, and you know I, I probably fell asleep during the building instruction chapter both times. So, you know, it, it's one of the things where there is such a great misunderstanding where everybody is not on the same page. And that's a very dangerous place to be. It's a very dangerous place to be. So I don't know if there was ever an art, if there was one. Um, I don't know, because if there was, would a chief done would have written collapse of burning buildings? Probably not. So I'm going to argue that there never was an art. And I think building instruction is more important right now than ever before, mm-hmm. because all the type three ordinaries built in the 1900s are coming to their end of their lifespan if they're not being maintained properly. So we are at a very interesting an interesting time for building <clears throat> construction in the American Fire Service. I mean, they're building everything lightweight from type twos to type three to type fives. And you know, I think if you want to be a student of building instruction, get out of fucking Facebook and hit the street. Mm, love that. How important is Back in the day, before cell phones, I mean, I'm not I'm not harping on cell phones or social yeah. media, but 
used to ride around backwards in the engine. You had nothing better to do than look at your district while you drove around. Sure. But nowadays, and this is not a knock on the generations or anything, but you can literally spend two hours driving your district, and and the the firefighters in back can be on their phone the entire time looking at TikToks if yeah. you're not intentional about looking looking at the buildings. Yeah, it's it, it's it's big, you know. Um, I listened to a really good podcast yesterday when I was driving home, and uh, it was Jason Urban. Um, and Jason Urban, you know, said, you know, get out and walk the block, and he's so right, uh, you know. Get out, park the truck, set the parking brake, shut the rig off, grab your radios, and get out and walk the block. And you don't need to be a career firefighter to do that. You know, people sometimes are starved for drill night ideas. What's what's better than going out and walking your first do and seeing things visually, what's going on? It's not only the building that you're reading. You're reading what's going on in and around the building as well. No, I 100%. Think, I, I think it, it, there, there's something to be said if you, if you know – you know your district completely. If an address drops, you know, one, two, three, you know, State Street, you know you can close your eyes and visualize that property and what's around it. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about that. But, you know, I I, I say it all the time. I hate I, I hate surprises. But then again, the fire ground is filled with surprises and obstacles. And the more obstacles I know about before I go to the address, the better I'm going to be. But, you know, I, I want to know that one, two, three, straight, State Street is a type three three-story type three ordinary constructed uh, attached row house, or it's a two and a half story twin wood frame, um, you know, with rear porches off the rear or, you know, it, it, or it's, it's a type two non-combustible strip mall with, you know, it, it's, it's U-shaped with no hydrants in, in the parking lot. I got to bring a hydrant from wherever, you know, I want to know this information. Right. And all you got to do is get out of the goddamn fire truck and walk around and figure it out. You know, it, it, you you don't even have to bring a piece of paper and a pen. You can use the notes section in your phone and just start writing shit down, take pictures, and talk about it. But the, but the number one thing correlate too is after you do this, pass it on and talk about it. Hmm. Talk about other shifts. Go back and you know maybe type something up, a, a quick PowerPoint presentation, or you know nine slides on this property, or talk about it at roll call, or, or put it in your put it in your group me that hey we, we went out to one two three State Street and here's what we found and you know. I think the more we share information interdepartmentally and with our mutual aid partners, the better we're going to be, the, and the more effective we're going to be when we're operating. Dude, I love, love I love, love, love that. Uh, and we started doing something where where the uh, you, you identify a high hazard occupancy. That's where we started, and the the first two company would go out and do a walkthrough on it, and then they would build a little small PowerPoint, nothing fancy, just overhead you know views. Uh, took pictures while they were walking through, maybe some videos. And then they came back and they gave a presentation to all the second dues, you know, everybody else in the third. It's, it's and, they shared and, it. and listen, there, there's some people have put some people have access to drones now. Yeah, I know. It's that's all, Yeah. hundred percent, man. Like technology is there instead of, instead of Snapchat and Snapchat a picture of your, your bicep to your girlfriend, you know, you, you use it for something else that, that's more positive for, for, for fire ground reinforcement, you know? And how big is it to catch one under construction or under renovation? It's crazy. And, and yes. you, know what, you know what I've noticed since COVID and, you know, the, these jobs that are getting back up and going and all, they're fortified. You can't even get in them. And they're not, like, letting you in them like they did before. I've noticed that lately, you know, around the city. Like, we drive in and we used to be able to just go in and talk to the, the uh, you know, the foreman or whatever and say, hey, we're going to walk around. We did it the other day and they were like, no, you're not. I was like, wow, things oh, are wow. changing. Yeah, you know, no you doubt. don't want shit walking. They don't used want to, to walking. 
used to we could throw on a fire helmet and walk through the site, you know, no problem. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. it, it's not like that anymore everywhere, so just wow. be aware. No, no, no doubt about it. Um, all right, I'm seeing. Hey, I wanted to tell everybody, get your questions and get them ready for Bobby if you want them, get them in. But Kyle could not make the uh, backup scrap, the short notice scrap, so he is not fielding questions, so I'm fielding them. So if, if I don't catch it on the first go, don't be afraid to repost it. Uh, Jacob Osterhaus has our first question coming at you. He says, what do you think the main focus for each type of building construction should be the most important to teach crews about? Occupancy type. What is it? What is it? What am I going into? I, I can recognize the building construction type one, one through five, but what is it being used for? Um, you know, you, you could go to a church and have people sleeping in the basement or, you you know, you could go to a strip mall and it could be something that doesn't seem to be in in, in the front of the building, you know, from, 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 the, from the address view of it. So I what it was built for versus what it's being used for could be two totally different things. So occupancy type is huge because after we need to address the life hazard – before you address the life hazard, I need to know what I have, what type of building instruction I have, and I need to know the occupancy type. I need to know those two things before I can address the, the life hazard. No, no, and that's such a big deal. We just uh, One of those things we just did with those walkthroughs, there's a clinic, and you would think it's a, it was a commercial, uh, man, it was almost ordinary construction, one of those uh, office parks almost. and But we found out doing the walkthrough that it was not, and it was actually uh, post maternity place and a 24 hour post like postpartum place yeah 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 and they had a 24 hours a day had uh babies and mamas and nurses in there there's a listen man and I, i'm not getting political the economy is what it is and whenever the economy gets bad housing gets weird for people yeah. so you know you got to follow the economy and see what's going on and and you know sh- shape your response around it and even get it more out of your <laughs> also it's getting colder it's yeah. getting colder. There's everywhere you go in the United States of America, no matter where it is, it could be the richest town in the world. There's a transient population of some type of homelessness going on, and 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 they're going to go into any building that is abandoned, that is not being used for everyday use. They're they're going to go inside there and and try to you know get out of the elements. So be hip to what's going on in your district. It's it's a it's literally a drive through and. If you want to go in a place, let them know this isn't a fire inspection. This is the this is the fire this is the fire suppression side of it. Right. Keep doing a walkthrough. Like I, I don't care if I don't care if the back door's blocked. Right. We're no. we're not get, we're not here to get you in trouble. We just want to absolutely, look it over. Absolutely not. That's it. Yeah. No, and it's huge because they are scared. I mean, honestly, they're they are. They don't want to get yeah. fined. Yeah. They don't want to get fined. Andy Starr said, "Great point. Older buildings are being refurbished and made into new spaces. We have some restaurants that are being turned into housing." And that, yep. yeah, it's happening everywhere. We had a everywhere, church. Everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah. If you're ever bored, pick a pick a, a hip area and go on the Airbnb app and check out some of the photos. Check out some of the photos of, of areas Airbnb rents to people for, for housing. You would be utterly blown, blown away. By. And you're like, oh, wait, that's my district. I had no idea. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, we talked about it. It is local, and you have to go out and look at them, and you have to pre-plan, man. You have to, like Mo Davis says, burn stuff down in your head. Uh, always, always picture the building on fire, uh, you know, and 
play it in your mind what you would do, your running route, where you would come from, and you know where other directional travel of apparatus is from, and just j- just figure out how you're going to do it. Have a plan. Have a plan. And just because you're not a fire officer or somebody rides in the front seat, you know you're two three year guy or gal on the line. It doesn't mean you can't have a plan. And, you know, how, how, how the formulates at least something. Had to cough. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. Normally operating during the day at some places, but at night they are opened up with cots everywhere being set up as warming stations. That came from Kobe Wickington. And, yeah, it's, it's happening everywhere. It's and everywhere, like, man. It's, yeah. it's everywhere. And, you know, don't discount churches, especially Catholic churches. They, 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 they have no problem housing people. Thousand percent. Uh, good tips and tricks for involving. Uh, I've noticed a trend, and I'm not. This isn't new, and I'm not bashing on younger generations. I'm really not. It's just they don't have the same mechanical skills. They don't come from the trades, generally speaking, that they used to when they come to the fire service. Tips and tricks for involving them and uh, connecting with them, and how they learn. I think uh, I've, I've actually have some experience in this. I, I've I've had a lot of probationary firefighters. Uh, come through my company as, as a captain. And uh, I was very fortunate enough to learn mechanical aptitude from my father. I know how to read a tape measure. I'm, I'm very lucky to do so. So, you know, I think you start small. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting some wood, some nails, and a hammer and teaching them hand-eye coordination in the back of the firehouse. There's nothing wrong with showing them the proper way how to start us all. Learn, you know, show them, show them a YouTube video. A lot of the younger generation are visual learners. They're visual learners. So, you know, their their idea of learning is through their phone. So pull up a YouTube video on on the, you know, the saw that you have and let them learn about it. You know, th- there's nothing wrong with with them. I think I think the breakdown is we don't get to their level of learning. Right. So, okay, they're coming in with nothing. Like, there's literally a kid on my job the first job he ever had in his life was the fire department. Like he didn't do anything else other than the fire department, which is fine. But, you know, okay, there's a lot of things that you need to learn that you didn't learn in your 14-week fire training academy that now I need to teach you. And we're right. going to start small. We're going to start very small. Like, okay, there's there's a probability during the tour you being brand new and assigned to a rig that has a saw on it that you're going to use a saw. So let me show you everything about this saw. Here's the blade. Here's how to change it. Here's the type of uh, fuel we put in it. You know, and here's a video on it. Hey, let's watch the video together. Let's learn together. Maybe I'll learn something new as well. I, I think I think the disconnect is people don't want to get on their level of learning. No, I love they, it. They, you know, they maybe learned differently. I'm a visual learner as well. I'm dyslexic. I, I'm I have the worst time reading anything. So I need to you know, visually learn things as I go along as well. But anybody knows who owns a house, you can YouTube anything and, and fix Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. And But like you said, you have to start on some and never don't understand how a lever works, you know, what a fulcrum is, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can show the quarterly. The cool thing about it is you can show them. Yes. You can literally get something in the firehouse and show them. You, 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 you can get a portable ground ladder and literally pick it up in the center point and show how it's balanced move over one inch to the right or the left and show them unbalance. You can show them so many different things. It's just, it's all about how you talk to them. It's all about the approach. And if you treat them like a human being that are nice to them, like, like just be nice to them. They're going to learn. They are. 
They or, absolutely I, I work with an example on my group every day that I work. He got transferred out of our firehouse and he was with me for almost uh, five years. And he was terrible mechanically when he came. I'm not saying he's going to build your house, but he's pretty good now. And and I I'm, I run boxes with him. I run fires with him. And I see him do things mechanical. And he learned that. He picked that up. He did. And, you know, it was all about me learning the teaching style towards him, if that makes sense. No, absolutely, man. And because and, the options are we either get on their level and teach them or we say, well, they're just this new generation's worthless. And we write them off. You Here's, know what I'm saying? I, in my fire ground considerations program, I, I say it all the time. I put a video up of, of, of a ceiling being hooked. And I, I, I turn around in the room and I ask anybody who's taken fire one in like the last two years and I ask them to raise their hand and everybody, somebody will always bravely raise their hand and I go and pick on them. And I always ask them how their ceiling pulling module was in fire one. And nobody pulls a ceiling in fire one. Nobody. Right, right. But the first thing you do when you knock down a room of fire is you pull the goddamn ceiling. So here we are, the fire service, and we got Joe Blow. Joe Blow just got out of fire one. He's assigned a hook position. And Joe Blow goes into the room. We're like, Joe, we got the room knocked down. Get that hook in here. We got to start hooking. And Joe goes, and Joe doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to hold the hook properly. He doesn't know where to pull, pull close. He just doesn't know anything. So what do we do as a fire service? Oh, yeah, we, we turn him down. Fire service. Yeah, we Joe chew him up. Oh, yeah, we terrible. chew him up. He was terrible. But meanwhile, Joe <laughs> Blow is a failure. He's a failure of the curriculum of the fire service. Now, my question to the fire service, the people that write the fucking books and all that bullshit that, that, that force these programs down our throat is, why don't they adapt to the new generation of, their, uh, of the style of learning so they're learning how to hook ceilings, so they're learning how to start saws? So when you get that firefighter out of the academy, he's got a little bit of mechanical aptitude, and it's not up to the company officer or the, the battalion chief or the assistant chief or the training chief or whatever to – to spend the extra time on certain things? That's my question. No, it's a great question. And and my, my counter question is, is it just because of the money involved? Like, it's all about cranking out certifications. And it takes time to, to, to actually put up ceiling to hook and teach and give hands-on reps for that. And that takes time when you can just, hey, let's not worry about that and get them cranked out. Here's your certificate. Go be I, a firefighter. I, give me I my really, money. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think... I think in the world of fire training, in the world of entry-level fire training at the academy level, I think the priority is at the wronged – the priority is wronged on so many levels, on so many levels. And nobody wants to hear it. And when you say something about it or push back about it, you're a renegade. You're, you're an asshole. you got a bad attitude. You're just that, whatever. Whatever. That's fine. But I see the product that's gone. I just taught a recruit class. I was, in, I was assigned to the academy and taught a recruit class 14 weeks and some of the things that were in the curriculum that I that I was forced to teach was something else. It really was, and a lot. Some of it was laughable. It was laughable, and that's a shame that we're wasting our time on. You know, my kids can read an ERG guidebook and figure out what the product is because they're not dumb, and they they do a lot of TikTok and, and video games, and, and they're they're actually intelligent because of it in their own way. But my kids don't know how to hook a ceiling. They don't know how to start a saw. They don't know how to force a door. They don't know how to, you know, all that stuff. And that's the stuff that we should be showing what firefighters do every single solitary day. Uh, 
Bobby Williams said, uh, where was it at? Man, I'm trying to catch your guys' questions. Uh-oh. Don't tell me that. Looking at my ping. Okay, we're caught up. Hope we're not catching. All right, what is the best way of bringing that change to academies? How do you get academies to modernize to real-life scenarios? I don't know. I tried at my own academy and was just met with resistance, so I started my own fire training company. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I see the shift out of the academy, and there's don't get me wrong, there are some great dudes right. and females that, that teach at fire academies. It's not their fault. It's the, it, like like take the state of New Jersey for example. The state of New Jersey has to hit JPRs on the state curriculum. Right. Transitional attack is a fucking <clears throat> JPR. It's a JPR. But hooking a ceiling is not. Right. Man, no. Well, how do you, well, obviously, I know how you handled it. You started your own training company. But how do, what's your advice to people who are trying to make a difference, try, are, are involved in the academies, are involved on the ground, are involved in their departments, but they still have to meet these asinine requirements at times? Uh, do you I have would, any? I would do what I did and what we did for our recruit class, you know, we, 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 we did the JPR. We taught to the JPR. We showed them the JPR. We had them demonstrate the JPR. We had them do everything. We had them do everything to a T, but we built in a couple extra weeks or two to show them street firefighting. You know, they, they were, we, we, I mean, I work in a city where they, where we have, you know, abandoned buildings they had the chance to get up on abandoned buildings and, you know, their last two weeks and hook ceilings and cut holes in roofs and do things. But you don't need buildings to do that. You can build props. You can do things to, I mean, maybe, maybe if the program's eight weeks long, maybe the academy adds two extra weeks where they do street smart stuff or whatever. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get, if it's a state program, you're not going to get around the JPRs. You have to do it. You have to. That's how you get sued. Daniel Valenzuela said, do you think the lack of trade skills as requirements for hiring contributes to a lack of building construction knowledge? I think there's no doubt it does, but I'm not sure. I, can... I mean, sure. I, you know, I, I think it depends the, the trade. I, you know, I, I think it depends what, what you were, what you were in the trades. I, I, I think the building instruction knowledge is solely to blame on the textbooks that are being used for firefighter one, firefighter two and fire officer one. IFSTA being the largest one. IFSTA's book is nothing but a bunch of bullshit in that building instruction chapter. They have the wrong pictures. If you got a copy, go look at Type 3 Ordinary and look at the picture they have in there. It's a strip mall, Type 2 non-combustible. And they don't care. They don't care. I email them. They don't care. Uh, Robert Eberhardt says, Do you feel like the commercialization for profit of textbooks has caused problems with the way academies are run? I think thousand touched, percent. Yeah. I think we touched on that it's a cookie cutter program. Boom, 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 boom. They don't care. They don't care. But if you if you get hurt and they want to see your JPRs and you didn't complete a JPR, it's litigation. So right. you have to follow. You have to follow the curriculum. I was looking for the. Someone had a question on floor trusses and what you thought of the new floor truss construction, but I can't there, find. It, it's unbelievable the shit they're doing. It's it's absolutely insane the shit they're doing to save money. That's why in lightweight wood frame construction, you should always worry about what you're standing on, not what not what is above you, what you're standing on. So if you suspect a basement fire, 
don't don't enter the first floor. Try to. We always want to enter and level to the fire anyway. We always want to be level to the fire. So you know we're going to use a different entrance. We're not going to go through the front door. We have to we have to shift our tactics if we're going to go interior. Ask, and, and I'm not talking about abandoning the interior fire fight. I'm talking about okay, it's a basement fire. I know it's a basement fire. I'm not going through the front door. I'm going to find the Boco doors, or we're going to get a different entrance. Beautiful. There's your answer. One hundred percent. With a lot of tactics thrown in on the answer. Uh, Lighten Huck Gesong. Uh, you have to tell me how to pronounce that Huck song. Uh, as a newly promoted lieutenant with an abundance of passion, how do you reflect that onto your crews and get them to want to train every shift? How do you motivate? Cannot expect anybody, anybody in the fire service has the same amount of, to have the same amount of passion as you do. Can't expect it. Can't push it on people. If you push it on, if you try to push it on people, you're going to push them away. You're going to push them away. If there's a senior firefighter or um, somebody there in, in a role, like a driver or an engineer or whatever, you can maybe get them to say, hey, do you mind running a drill on this? Or can you show me how to use this? And act dumb and you know, get them to show you and then spark a conversation. You can also, when, it, when you're eating or there's a game on or whatever, maybe you print out something, a latest, latest article for fire engineering or – something that you feel passionate about and throw it out to guys and maybe strike a conversation. But, you know, I always tell people food shopping is the best time to train. It is the best. Tra- you have to leave the firehouse to go food shopping. You have to. Okay. So when you leave the firehouse to go food shopping, you're on the street. Everybody's in the rig. Before you, before you get the food, before you hit the supermarket, boom, there's your time to do something. Hey, pull over. Let's look at this building. Hey, look at that hydrant. Let's open it. And you know what? Hook the four four way valve too. Let's check this hydrogen. Let's check this four way valve out. Or you can always tell a fib and say the lieutenant before me said there was a problem with this tool. Let's go out and check it. Hooker by crook, man, make it happen. You can you can con firefighters in the training without them knowing. We're, we 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 aren't the brightest bulbs in the box. All of us. Uh, there we go. I have to teach the book first. Yes, yes, we talked about it. Uh, Aaron Riley wants to know. When you became a new company officer, what was your thought process for your crew assessments for the first one, three, and six months? So, me personally, I walked into a situation where I was the last recruit class hire. We actually had a 14-year gap in hiring. So, I was 10 years on as a, as a firefighter and then got promoted. And everybody in my company was senior to me in time. So I was in a situation where they were testing me just as much as I was testing them. So, you know, I needed that that first fire greatly. And I was very lucky it came very, very early. That being said, with your question is I want to know everybody's strengths and weaknesses. The only way to know people's strengths and weaknesses is to rotate them through the riding assignments. Rotate them through the riding assignments monthly and just see what they got. See what they got. You know, check them in the morning, you know, it's and see what they're doing with the routine when they're checking the rig. Go out there. Don't micromanage them. Just go out there. You know, I always got a tumbler full of water. I'm always walking around doing something. So go out there and see what they're doing, how they're checking the rig, how they're interacting, how they're checking their equipment. You can tell a lot about a firefighter by the way they check their equipment, by the way they have their gear set up, by the way they're ready to go. You know, you, you kind of know who, who's good to go, who's not. You know, you can walk past if, if roll calls at 7 o'clock and – and you walk past the gear at 7.30 and it's not on the rig, 
and you know the 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 face piece isn't clicked into the regulator or whatever you got issue you got issue so you know it's great to set benchmarks but if you don't reach them benchmarks it's not the end of the world but they deserve to test you just as much as you deserve to test them remember you work for them they don't work for you that's beautiful man beautiful uh jp gardner has a good question (coughs) pardon me i'm looking for it i'm looking for it how does a company officer gain the trust of his men? Is that the question you're talking about? I won't throw it. How does a company officer gain the trust of his men? By having a sense of humility every day and being consistent. Consistent. You know, the most exhausting thing I do about my job professionally is I'm consistent every day. I wish I could be consistent in my personal life, but I'm not. You know, that, that that's... If you talk to a lot of firefighters, we all have very interesting personal lives, but... You know, uh, <coughs> consistency is key because that's what they deserve. They deserve to have the same person every day. It's almost exhausting to a point where I sometimes have to retire to my room and just go, that was a long day of being the same person. So humility, consistency, and honesty. Be honest with them. There's nothing wrong with letting them know, like, hey, this came down from, from above. I don't agree with it, but we got to do it. There you go. Consistency, humi- humility, man. How big is that? Humility, honesty, bike checks. My mic okay? I keep getting notifications. My mic's messed up, but it seems like it's working. Todd Edwards says consistency is key. Uh, I love this question coming at you, Bobby. Robert wants to know. Robert Eberhart says, any plans for a third book of tactics? The third book is going to be out. I'm hoping by February, maybe March. Uh, I just got to be honest with you. I have four kids, and I am slammed right now. I'm slammed. So, but that's going to be it for uh, for for a long time after three. Okay, so three, and then you're taking a break. I'm taking a massive break. Four kids took a big break. Three books, then take a break. Yeah, I don't blame you, brother. I don't blame you. Yeah, I'll I'll stick to the Instagram, and you know, we're working on a couple other things. Acker Firetag's working on a couple other things for the. You know, we got some things in the pipeline. Nice, nice. Okay, so we'll have you back on in February or March to talk about. (laughs) Tuesdays are for Tactics 3. Yeah. Uh, Building relationships builds trust. Yes, absolutely, Todd, 100%. Consistency, it's what they deserved. It is. Uh, Leighton Hoxang. Okay, thank you for the pronunciation. And, yeah, he answered that. You can expect it around March. I will say March. I'll give you an extra month. We'll say March at the latest. It might be earlier. We'll say. Okay, okay. I'm working on it. Uh. Advice on gaining permission to, to enter buildings or properties. Hello, how you doing? My name is Bob Yeckert. I'm a fire captain here in the city of Camden. I would absolutely, I, I was just, we were driving past and looked at your building, and I would absolutely love to, to just walk through and check it out. Do you mind? Do you mind if I walk through with my shoes on? Would you like me to take my shoes off? There you go. <laughs> how you doing? If you're single and there's a pretty girl, give me your card. <laughs> What's your thoughts on the senior backseat firefighter being a dying breed? Never, every, yeah, just the senior, what's your thoughts? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't see it that way. I, I see a lot of, I work with a lot of good senior firefighters. I've never been a senior firefighter, so I don't know. Right. I don't know what it's like to be one. So maybe I, I might be the wrong person. <laughs> yes. I've worked with a lot of them. I work with one in my firehouse. I don't think they're a dying breed. I think. 
it's my generation, the guys that are, I'm going to be 40, so it's my generation, I feel like either all got promoted or don't want to step up in the role. I think the problem is nobody wants to step up in in that role. I, I think I, I think that's the issue. I I, th- I don't think it's like a dying breed, like they're going away. And, you know, I think the role's there. I think people are just having a problem stepping up because there is responsibility to come with it. And the one thing I'm learning about as I get older and as I travel and talk to, you know, I interact with the fire service every day is, you know, responsibility is something a lot of people shy away from. It really is because it, it, there's, there's a heavy responsibility being a senior firefighter. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, and it's tough to do when you don't, I don't want to say tough to do it. It takes an extreme amount of self accountability to step into that role and then be consistent at it. Back to your consistency. Well, I, I also think that there's there's that whole mantra of maybe you got to be this old wilted dude with a handlebar mustache and smoking two packs of Marlboro Reds a day. Like I don't think you need to be that guy. You know, I, I think seniority comes with not only time on the job, but you know how long you've been in the company, how long you know. You know, how well you know your job, how well you know everybody's job on that rig, how well you know the rig, how well you know the, the streets, how well you know, you know, a lot of senior guys I work for, I work a lot of overtime. I really don't turn much down. You know, I'll go work at a different firehouse and the senior guy will be the driver and I don't have to tell him anything I, other than, hey, how you doing? Right, right. You know, like it's, there's, there's that whole thing that plays into it that it, it, it I, hate that people think it's a dying dying breed. I wish more people would step up into the role. Step up into it. Hey, you got seven years on and you know, the other riders in your rig have two, three years on. Well, you're senior by default, but embrace it. Step up into it. You know, dip your toes in the water. See what it's like. Talk well, to your boss and say, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, making a change and stepping up in this role. He's probably already thinking about it anyway. Like, man, I really wish this guy would step up into the role. So you never know. There's Communication is an amazing thing that we lack very well in, in our in our Dude, in our public and personal lives, and you know you could literally have, just breach a conversation while you're there shooting the shit or watching a game or smoking a cigar or sitting around just dicking off and maybe rolling that conversation. And there might even be people that already look at you as a senior guy and you don't even embrace yourself in that position. You can't get it any better than that, man. Any better, uh, David Woodward. Uh, he's throwing at you. Have you experienced many issues with disciplining crew members and maintaining a solid and trustworthy relationship? Every person I've ever had discipline, we get along very well and we are extremely trustworthy. I'm going to tell you this about discipline. Two things. Number one, follow your department's policy to an absolute T because if it ever gets litigated, they're gonna they're gonna come back at you. Number two, try to keep it the lowest level. Try to keep it at the lowest level at, at all times. I've never let anything get higher than 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 the rank above me. And you know, some things I had to some things I was ordered to, to, to write somebody up, like, you know, abuse of time, whatever. But I've had situations where, you know, this happened. It's why I keep a can of mother's wax in my locker and you know, if you we have an issue, my first step is wash and wax the rig by yourself. Have there a you look go. 
thank you for the question, Dave. You're a good man. Little uh, manual labor just to, to kind of give somebody some time to to reflect and think. I think if you're I think if you're a gentleman or a lady about it, they can't be mad at you. You're just doing your job, right? You're just doing your job. That's why you get paid a little more money for it. How do you deal with a senior man being negative all the time? Negative attitude coming at you from someone that's a informal leader, maybe, or just a person who has a lot of time. There's something else going on in his life. There's something else going on, and you don't have to be a detective and figure it out, but number one, I wouldn't take it personal. Number two, uh, I would try to get him outside the firehouse and hang out with him, invite him out for coffee or a drink or happy hour or a game or whatever, and you know, see see if you can interact with them outside of the firehouse, and maybe that's where you breach the conversation of why you're such a miserable person. But uh, you know, other than that, if they won't, excuse me, if they won't change, and that's who they are, ignore them. Don't let them bring your your time in the firehouse down. There you go. There you go. They're dropping fire as 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 advertised. Uh, I've read that the fire service culture has changed over the last twenty years. This is coming at you from Andy Stars. He says, some places still hold on to the old school values and traditions. What's your thoughts on the new generation and the current trend of bringing back old school traditions? Love it. I love it. It's, it, it's, it's all I know. I think it's why I feel so comfortable being a part of it. Um, you know, like I, I just feel comfortable. My, my, my fire department is very old school, so it's like a level of comfort to me. And I, I get confused and people try to embrace these things that, that aren't tried and true. And, you know, can be proven that they don't work. So I, I think it's fantastic. And I think the subculture exists. The subculture is alive and well. I think the subculture gains ground every single solitary day, not only on social media, but in our jobs as well. And I think, um, you know, it's only a matter of time before you're going to see the entire fire service make the shift. I really do think it's going to happen. I no, do. Again, in mass, the, the pendulum is reached its apex i think and is, is there there there's there's people out there that write and put information out there some great people that their textbooks are going to knock on their door and say will you do this chapter i already know i already know one person in particular that has already been reached out to and i couldn't be more happy to hear what when when that happened so that's awesome that's awesome it's, it, it's coming uh there was a question on training let me see Aside from EFT, accurate fire tactics, FDTN, and county fire tactics, what, in your opinion, is the next best training to attend? It's it's either awesome. Or <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I can't. I I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I haven't trained with anybody in a while. I, I did go to FDTN when I was very young. Uh, you know, when it was a, a newer facility, it was the time of my life. Uh, I can only speak for what we do, and. Um, you know, I, I can tell you, I will bring you the closest thing to reality you, you will ever be in your entire life, in, in many ways. So uh, I can only I can only speak for after fire tactics. I'm, I'm sorry uh, with that question because I, I uh, although I visually see what other people do, I haven't physically experienced it myself. I, I can sure. just tell you what I physically experienced doing what we do, and I make sure not only. Every program that I build, I've I also I've also participated in most of them. So it's uh, no, no, it's fair, fair and honest answer, man. Yeah. Like you said, honesty, consistency. Uh, yeah, there's some good ones right there. Carolina Beach, Carolina Fire Days, the Ozarks, Todd Edwards, 
Revolution yeah, those Academy. are conferences. Absolutely. I thought you meant training companies. Oh, there's there's t- there's a ton of conferences you can go to. Absolutely. I mean, any 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 of these conferences. Lake of the Ozarks was awesome. I thought he meant private training companies. No, no, so, I wasn't. Yeah, no, hundred yeah, percent. No, it, it's uh any pop up conference. You know, there, there's all you're always going to get something out of it. You know, if you have a chance to attend, go, go and just see what you got. I mean, even if even if it's a wash, you're still going to maybe meet somebody that you know you become a lifelong friend with or something. Don't don't shy away from these small conferences. There's a lot of great great things coming out of them, and you can usually find one close to you. That's the best part about them. It is. I agree. And the networking that you get yes. out of it. Yeah, no, it's hard to say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Talking about leadership, we didn't get to talk about leadership the first time you were on. We've already hit on it a bunch because that's a ton of questions coming at you about leadership. But uh, you're a company officer. Discuss your philosophy. What works for you? And, I mean, you, you talked about walking around the bay and putting eyes on things without micromanaging. But, uh, but go I'm, ahead. I'm extremely hands-off. I, I, I am. Uh, you know, there, I have grown-ass men that work for me. I'm the youngest guy in my company. I am. And I'm the captain. So I don't really need to say much. I say what I set my expectations from day one. I reinforce my expectations if I need to in a polite way. And then if it goes from there, then it needs to be addressed behind closed doors. But other than that, uh, you know, my philosophy is let, let the men and women work, support them in the best way as possible. And, you know, put them in the most advantageous position for them to do their job no matter what it is. So, you know, I might be in the rig and my mind is thinking we're going to go to the roof and I might say, hook the block, go around the corner and nose in because I want to put my company in the most advantageous position for them to work. And, you know, and I have no problem telling a chief officer no. Beautiful, man. Dude, that's solid. You need to do a Wednesdays are for leadership. That's <laughs> after the Tuesday. Everybody does leadership, man. Everybody's there is true. A different, you know. And there's a lot of. I can say this, and I've never served a day in the military in my life. And there's a lot of great military stuff out there, and some of it can be very equatable to firefighting, and some of it cannot. Absolutely spot Just be on. Be careful with so many information you read. You know, you, you read, uh, uh, you know, some things it, it, it is totally totally equatable. Some things aren't. I just repeated myself. No, 100%. But it was worth repeating. Uh, let's go. VEL. Uh, I want to do legacy first. I'll talk legacy because you're a second generation firefighter. You're, your father. Firefighter, as you grew up, you were into the job before you were into the job. Uh, by your nature. My son is now starting his firefighter journey. He's just awesome. completed his probationary year at a neighboring department, uh, which he's very proud to say, the bigger neighboring department. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, hundred percent. I'm so super uh, proud of him. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, what was that like? Were you? Were you? Did you feel like you were in your father's shadow? Were you always trying to live up to him, or was it carving your own path? Just your journey, kind of. I would say it started where I wasn't in his shadow, and then I felt like I was a little bit. I I can say this. If you're if you're a legacy firefighter, if you have family in the fire service, and if you try to be that person, you're gonna fail because you're not that person. I tried to be my father. I tried very very hard to be my father, and then I woke up one day and realized, well, I'm not my father, 
Um, you know, he's married to my mother and she's my mom. So that would be weird. <laughs> so, you know, I, I learned that the name, the name on the back of my coat or the name embroidered on my shirt, it means so much, but I also need to make a name for myself as well. I need to take that and make a name for myself. So, you know, my generation or our generation correlate, you know, there's a lot of people being generation firefighter who have, I've seen, I've physically seen take their families' names and just tarnish them. And I never wanted to be that guy, you know, but I knew I needed to set my own path. It's one of the reasons why I left the apartment where I was from, where my dad was from. I kind of wanted to get out there on my own and, and, and see what I could do for myself. And it felt great. And my dad never held me back. He was always very positive. Um, you know, this is, there's a lot of tradition in this job. Family is one of them, but somebody who's not a, somebody who's a first generation firefighter doesn't mean, you know, you're any less than a second or third or fourth or fifth generation firefighter. It doesn't mean anything. Cause you know, it's, it looks like, it looks like it's going to die with me because my, my kids have no interest. So, you know, just kind of make yourself your own career and, and do your own thing. But my dad never he, – I, I, he was very hands-off. He did not get involved. That's where I kind of learned the hands-off thing from him. You know, he kind of just let me go. He let me fall on my face many times, many, many times. Right on, right on. If I was ever an asshole, he told me. And sometimes I, I needed to be told. Other times I needed to find that on my own. But, you know, I, I, I thank my dad for so many things, but one of them is – how he his approach for me to being involved in the fire service was, but you know I work I work with I on my job there's got to be I don't know how many sets of brothers I forget there's got to be like six or seven and maybe eight and um, you know I've seen two brothers just go at it you know <laughs> it, the generational thing and the family thing is very interesting so you know just don't try to be that person be your own person. Right on, right on, man. I love it. Uh, and I'm loving a lot of things you're saying tonight, so I don't want to be like a broken record, but it really is just solid, solid stuff coming here. Um, do you uh, Now you say, how old are you, how old, how old your oldest? 13. 13, okay. Because my boy had zero interest, like none. Like never showed it. He was going to do IT stuff. He was going to be a video game streamer. Um, and, and when he turned 18, he was like, hey, Dad, I think I'm going to try out for the fire department. It was out of the blue. Yeah, so, I mean, listen. There's there's no pressure on my end. I'm not like right. I was like, the same I'm way. Fine, and I'm not heartbroken about it. But right. it, uh, it, it it's their life. They they can do what they want with it. But um, just as long as they don't hurt anybody or themselves, I'm happy. But right on. You never know. <laughs> you never know. But I, I don't think so. I think I think I'm going to be it. That's fine. Uh, yeah. And that's not, hey, that's awesome. I mean, you know, obviously, you don't want to force me. I always told my uh, his mama, my wife. I said he's screwed because he's going to get a real job and be like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, what should have mean? been a fireman. What do you yeah. mean? I tell, I, I tell my son the same thing. Like, you're, what are you doing? You get three days off, dude. Yeah. I have to work tomorrow? What do you mean yeah. I have to work tomorrow? When's nap time? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm not trying to hack on it. I'm trying really hard not to hack on everybody. But I am, uh, like I said, living on Dayquil like they're Skittles. Uh, someone asked a question about emergency medical services, and I wanted to throw it at you. Do okay. you believe, uh, Ryan Getz says, do you believe the modern fire service Trains more on the medical side of the job versus the fire side. I believe the modern fire service doesn't train properly on fire-based EMS. Elaborate. I feel now I have to throw a caveat at everybody. 
My fire department runs zero EMS. I'm sorry, we don't run any EMS. I know. <laughs> I know. So we're strictly fire duty. That being said, I've been an EMT since I've been 16, 17 years old, whatever it was. I worked EMS. I understand it. And I worked in a fire department where we ran EMS. You know, a lot of things. I think if you if fire departments approached it, if they're not transporting, and they approached it like we're the fire department first, and we supplement EMS, and this is what we can do. But you know, if we're not doing, uh, if we're not bagging you or doing CPR, we are leaving. We are leaving. If your if your life is not in danger, we are leaving. We have to go to this run. That is a working fire. We're obviously not going to leave for a gas leak or a motor vehicle accident or whatever, but we're going to leave for a fire call. So, you know, I, I feel like the fire department should own the identity, like own it. Okay, you know, you, you, have, you have fire trucks out there, what, truck companies, engine companies, whatever, paramedics on them, EMTIs, EMTPs, whatever you guys have, okay, and I really think that they should train on their operational reality, what they're really doing, what they're doing. You know, instead of where you know, you, you go to you go you go take a, a an EMT refresher course, it's all transport EMS. It's not fire based EMS. Right on. That's my that's my take on it. If we're if you're gonna do it, do it right. I mean, Jesus Christ. I cannot I cannot argue, uh, man, if you're not beating on their chest or breathing for them. Uh, obviously, we can help people pick up, you know, if they're falling on the ground. Uh, but I love uh, helping people, so I never shied away from being involved where I could help somebody. But if one, two, three state streets on fire, I don't care if your toes hanging off, dude. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I want to go to the. I want to go to the fire. Yeah, there's stuff off gassing over here. We're gone. Yeah, we'll take care. Just you know, <laughs> rub some dirt on it. We'll see you later. Uh, Jonah Peterson, what is a training exercise you do on shift to better yourself physically and mentally to push yourself to new levels? That's a great <laughs> question. Uh, if I, I always have my gloves on. I'm always walking around with my gloves on and trying to do things Ooh, with my nice. gloves on. I still, although I like the MK1s and MK Ultras, I think they're the Vanguard gloves. I think they're amazing. I still don't think the, the, the best fire glove in the world has been made yet. Maybe it's coming in a few generations. I don't know. I also don't know if the best hood's been made yet. So, you know, I, I'm always trying to figure out ways to make myself better with um, my fire gloves on. I also always like to make sure I can do things in zero visibility. I time myself in the morning, uh, changing out my air pack. I'm always just trying to push myself, hold my breath, things like that. Uh, you know, as you evolve and get a little older, it's more about – how you can hang and you know still be still be hanging with the younger guys or still be uh keeping up with the, their harder training especially when you get to be a company officer and you're saturating other things you want to make sure you're still a fireman first so i always want to make sure that i'm still a fireman first uh you know and i do a lot of this on the side of my training company i'm always trying to push myself there too to make sure myself sure a firefighter, you know i love it <laughs> I, I never i never if there's a door I can force, I'm on it. Let's go VES. Okay. Is this still a debate in parts of the country as you travel? Because it really is. It really that's, is. That's I do. Blows I do, my mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do get a lot of pushback on vent and our search, and you know everybody wants to throw the eye in there, which is fine. If you really, if it makes you 
so much more comfortable to throw the eye in there. Go ahead. But we've always isolated since the dawn of time. You know, Venator Search started in, in the urban centers of America where firefighters came in off of fire escapes and held their breath or put a wet sponge in their mouth or used their mustache, whatever it is they did back then. You and I would be screwed. We can't grow a mustache well, so we would no be we, we, we'd be cops or something. So mm. back in the 1800s. But thanks for pointing that out. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way, dude. I, I, can't, know, I, know. I want I would love to win the Irish win. blood. Yeah, but, you know. It's arguably one of the best search tactics there are because of the speed and agility of the tactic. You can literally get above the fire or adjacent to it in under three to four minutes of, you know, from your arrival time, you're in there searching and people want to go, well, you don't have a hose line. Well, you don't need a hose line. You don't need it because you're above it and you're adjacent to it. But the caveat of Venator Search is you need to know what the engine company is doing. You have to because your whole search, your whole life expectancy on that fire floor where you at is reliant on the engine company's movement. Yeah, you talk about coordination. That's the most one of the most coordinated parts of attack you're ever gonna you're ever gonna be part of. But you know, in, in my fire department, we Venator Search a lot, a lot, and, and I know many fire departments do with very positive outcomes whether mm-hmm. we find somebody or not it's still you're getting there you're moving your searches are being completed and i just lately the last five or six times as i've been teaching i got a lot of pushback on it i really did no i can't I, that, especially with firefighter rescue survey and the data coming out and I, everything and some of these old guys don't want to hear it they think it's made up they think the <laughs> firefighter rescue survey is made up and it's not that's the crazy part about it is and that whole thing amazing Amazing. Oh, 100%. 100%. Amazing. Man. And anybody listening or anybody who's going to listen to this, if, if you put your hands on somebody in a burning building, please reach out to them and let them know everything. You know, I, I mean, if you got to decompress, decompress, but reach out to them because they 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 want to hear it and they're going to take your information and do the right thing with it. There's Even if not you're- many people out there right now in the fire service that will take your information and do the right thing with it. So they are one entity that absolutely is. No, they're changing the fire service for the next. I agree. I, I agree a thousand percent, man. I, I, my hat has been off to them for a long time. Great. Just they're, they're doing such great things with the fire service. Love it. And uh, what was I going to say on there? The, uh, well, firefighter rescue survey. If you're not involved, get involved. It. Oh yeah. That's what I was going to say. If you, if you don't know, it only takes like 10, if you're slow, 15 minutes to fill out the survey. So you can you can absolutely crush it, and the valuable is uh, the data is invaluable. It's a Google Doc. Yeah, it's a Google Doc, so it's it's very easy. And and the data is invaluable, but it only matters if we get involved as a fire service. Get involved, and the more we get, the better the accurate, more accurate the data gets. Okay, and and people still think it's made up. <laughs> uh, I like this question. It's coming at you from Michael Ramirez. Uh, it's good to see you. I saw you last weekend, Michael. But uh, can you share some of your favorite traditions you do with your crew or for your rookie accomplishments? There's a 90-day meal. There's a 90-day meal in our fire department where when you're on 90 days, you make uh, lunch and dinner out of your pocket. You can't <laughs> afford it, and it's it's top shelf everything, steak, lobster tail, all that shit. Uh, that's a, that's, and then when you get promoted, you do a 90-day meal. Next rank, you do a 90-day meal. So as you get promoted, you always do a 90-day meal. We're, we're, 
I don't know if it's just Jersey, but we're big on food. So, you know, lunch and dinner are very, very, we don't do breakfast. Lunch and dinner are a very, very big thing. So I think the meal is a great tradition. Uh, we also go out at uh, Christmas time. Uh, we don't invite the wives. I don't know why we don't. It's a tradition. I don't. We don't invite the vibes, and um, we, we go out and we actually eat a meal outside of the firehouse, which is very nice. Uh, also, just the firefighters. Yeah, we. For, I don't know why awesome. wives aren't included. I, I you know, I, I no, don't know. Traditions don't. are weird how they start sometimes. Yeah. Uh, all right, going back to the notes. Favorite thing to teach: size up, search, engine ops, building construction. What's your favorite thing to teach? What do you enjoy teaching the most? I I just enjoy teaching my experience, whatever it is. I, I, I don't think I have one thing where I'm, you know, going left or right. I can go on a tangent about a Halligan bar for two hours if you really get me going about it. So, you know, it, it's I enjoy teaching my experience, you know, whatever it is. The building instruction thing started just by some of the shit I was seeing on the Internet. And I was losing my goddamn mind about it. And uh, some of the stuff I was seeing in textbooks, I was losing my mind. So I just built a quick program on how... I taught myself building instruction and then it evolved from there. And, you know, a lot of what I do is uh, I keep a notebook and I journal. I've journaled for my entire career and I build literally build programs out of my journals. That's awesome, man. And that's one thing I wish I would have done from a young age is keep a better journal. Now, would you like to start, man? No, I keep it intermittently. Intermittently is what I would say. But I have one. I have some. I Uh, used to log every run. I don't do that anymore. Really? That's yeah, powerful, I'll, man. I'll, I'd like to see those sometime. I log the day, but I don't log the run. Beautiful. Checking to see. Okay, dropping some frames, but it's still holding strong. All right. Uh-oh. We might have just dropped. Can you hear me? Yeah. And no, we're back. We're back. I don't we're know back. what's going on with it, but Facebook is definitely acting up a little bit, but not too much, hopefully. Hopefully it catches up. Uh I like to I like to say high frequency or low frequency. Where do you fall on how we spend our training time? High frequency events, low frequency events. Do you spit? Do you feel like the fire service? Go ahead. I feel that your lower frequency has to be mixed in. There's no doubt about it. Rail emergencies, high rise, you know, all that shit from swift water rescue to Whatever it is. Right, right. I think it should be mixed in monthly. I absolutely do. I, there, I absolutely think it should be mixed in monthly, but I really think the bulk of your time should be spent on what you do every day. Bread and butter. Every day. You know, nice. what are your chances of getting this, that, and the other? And for the people that don't go to frequent fire duty, what do you do every day? Do you do, you know, fire-based EMS? All right, well, let's train on fire-based EMS. Let's throw a tourniquet on. Let's nasal airway the dummy. Let's do something to, to – I always look at, you know, what's the fastest way out of this situation that we're so effective but we're fast that I can be available to go to the fire. That's my that's my mindset. <laughs> it's always about the fire. Okay, personal favorite nozzle setup. You go in uh, interior, what's your favorite? Well, I grew up on a smoothbore 15 16ths. That's what I cut my teeth on uh, when I was a nozzle firefighter. Lately, though, I can tell you that the Elkhart XD has just blown away the game and changed any argument of automatic nozzles out there. So, you know, I, I like I like the XD, but you know, I, I'll always have 
I'll always have the 15, 16s in my heart. Always. In your heart. Right there next to it. Always. I like the crisp. It's All right. A punch. It's a, you literally punch the fire right in the throat and it goes out. It's crazy. That's, as soon as you crank that smooth bore, it's wild. It's absolutely wild what happens. I love books. Uh, you're a writer. You write articles. You write books. Book or books to suggest that firefighters should be reading. Uh, well, I, I want to tell you a story. The last, the last time I was on here, I recommended a book, and the fellow over at the Average Jake Fire Podcasts did a podcast on the book I recommended, and I didn't pull the book out, but I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to let everybody know. I think that Collapse of Burning Buildings by Chief Dunn, which I'm sure you've probably it's probably been recommended on this 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 uh, the scrap before. I think Collapse of Burning Building Second Edition should be a mandatory read for every firefighter. And you should take chapter two, you should put it in a roll of index cards, and you should carry it on the rig with you. And when you get out and walk the building, you should take out chapter two and it goes over every building instruction term and it breaks them down in the dumbest way for you to understand in a below high school education, which is fantastic. It's written for it's written by a firefighter for firefighters, and I really think it is the book to read. And it's written by Vincent Dunn, Chief Dunn. Chief Dunn's still with us, and if you email him, he will email you back. Beautiful man, collapse of burning buildings, chapter two, on cards every walkthrough, every single solitary walkthrough. Put chapter two on. Get the get the index cards with the roll, the ring on them, where you can flip them back and forth. Throw it on there, and you are going to be a better firefighter. And if you're aspiring fire officer, you're going to be a better fire officer. Aspiring chief officer, you're going to be a better chief officer. You are going to be able to stop fire in its path by just chapter two alone. Love it. <laughs> I don't know how many times I said love it today. That's my new. That's my phrase of the day. Uh, Jacob Mitchell wants to know what's your opinion on the two inch versus the original two and a half inch. Uh, I haven't messed. I can't have an opinion because I have never put it on fire. That's my opinion. Uh, two and a half is is great. It's two hundred fifty gallons a minute with a smoothbore nozzle. But as soon as I turn with two and a half, it's weird. Five inch three quarter, fifteen sixteenths. I got one hundred and eighty gallons a minute. I can do a lot of damage with it, and I and I have mobility. Two inch. I've I've messed with it in training. I've I've never drug it into a burning building, so I would be fraudulent to give you my opinion on it because I've never put a fire out with it. Right on. There you go. Okay. You've been on before since we did the second five questions for fire, or the next five questions, but I was like, do I ask Bobby the five questions again because he's already answered them? But honestly, I'm going to throw them at you because if someone hasn't listened to the first one, plus I don't even remember what your answers were last time, so I'm going to throw them at you. So, Bobby okay. Eckert, are you ready for the next five questions for firefighters? I am. Here we go. Uh, answers are completely your opinion, and the points are arbitrary. They're assigned by me and the audience. What single characteristic makes the difference between a run-of-the-mill firefighter and the top-tier go-to badass firefighter? Attitude. I think I remember that answer, too. Attitude. I, th- I think it might be the same answer. Yeah, I think so. Attitude. Yeah, it's going to be attitude. you, you got to have a positive attitude to be... <laughs> can't be sick in the mud. You can't be negative. You got to have positivity. This is such a positive thing. It's such an amazing thing being an interior firefighter. So you got to be positive. Even in your worst day, even in your worst day, remember how awesome it is to be a firefighter. 
1,000%. Dude, I love that answer because no one can ruin this job except yourself. That's true. Like Firemen like, ruin everything for ourselves. Everything. Boom. Boom. Uh, do, you, uh, do you have time for a quick funny story? Go. I always you have time the, for you know the You know the show where they, they build the house for the people who don't have any money and they move the truck and the house is behind the show? I forget yeah. the name of the show. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Ty, Ty Pennington or whatever? Well, they're, they're in Camden building the house. Well, there's an engine company down there, and they find the food tent, and it's full of all kinds of top-shelf food. Well, the cell phones get out, start ringing. All the companies cycle through there getting free food. Well, what do you think happened? We got in a lot of trouble, and they sent us a bill. So, like I said, firemen ruin everything for each other. <laughs> they got the free food. It wasn't free. No. Um, Max points on number one. Great answer. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice as a rookie, what would it be? If I give myself a piece of advice as a rookie, would be uh, don't let my personal life transcend my professional life. Separate the two of them and be consistent in both of them. Which is a quest we're all on constantly. Because I can't always be a firefighter where when I was a rookie, I thought I would always be a firefighter. No doubt about it, man. I was invincible and I was immortal when I was a rookie. I've since learned I'm neither. Uh, Scott Sanders said, your idiots for building construction podcast is amazing. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. We're going to do one, well, I'm going to do one more before Christmas. Nice. Nice. Uh, no max points on the rookie, man. I, I, I love the, I love the, uh, the, the firefighting is not forever, man. It's real. That's real. Number three, what is your favorite training drill? Anything I can do with zero visibility. Because zero visibility is my workspace, whether it's engine company operations, ladder company operations, whatever. But I can tell you this. Because of single room occupancies, SROs, I have forced more doors in zero visibility in the last few years than I have in visibility my entire career. So get used to doing things in zero visibility. I wish I would have gone back and listened to your – I'm pretty sure that was your answer last time. I really am. That's consistency, baby. I like it. Uh, Max points. Number four, what mistake have you learned the most from in your fire service career? My personal life overflowing into my into my professional life because uh, I went through a nasty divorce mm. and I let it come into the firehouse. And there are people right now that don't forget who I was then. And I'm not that guy. And they won't let you not be that guy. Nope. Right on. No, no, I, I feel that completely. And final question, heavy fire and searchable space, would you rather be assigned to the nozzle or first in on VES? Man, and I'm, my answer's not going to change, but I'm going to say this. Okay. I'm going to say this. There is a – I love being above the, the fire without the protection of a hose line. It's amazing. Venator search is a lot of fun. But there is just something so satisfying with being on that nozzle – and flowing and going and knocking down fire and just going. There's just something about it. And if I got the 15th, 16th with me, I'm very excited about it. But uh, last time I gave this answer, man, I got some shit. Really? I got, yeah, man. <laughs> I got some shit from my friends, from people I know, you know, calling me a sissy and all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to – I will never trade the experience of the satisfaction of the nozzle firefighter. It's an amazing position. It's amazing because I'll tell you this. I, do, I can't be the nozzle firefighter anymore. 
But guess what I get to do still? Ben and her search. Right. I get right to do on. it still as a captain. I, I haven't had a nozzle in my hands in years, like five years, six years. So I miss it. Thousand percent, brother. There it is. Max points. Uh, I think you just crushed the. I think this is the second time in a row you have crushed the five questions for firefighters, and that officially makes it one hundred and sixty-three scraps in the books. My friend Bobby Eckert. Uh, if someone wants to get a hold of you, book a class, reach out to you, ask a question. Best way to do so. Best way to do so. Uh, first off, follow me on Instagram, Eckert underscore three three five. I do most of my damage on Instagram because it's so easy to operate. I'm not good with Facebook. If you want to get a hold of me, I have uh, my admin. Her name is Kate. You can email her at admin at EckerFireTactics.com. You can go at EckerFireTactics.com, our website. Check us out on Facebook and TikTok. TikTok, EckerFireTactics. Whoa. I got to go find you on TikTok. Listen, I, I if anybody has any legal helmet or GoPro camera footage they are willing to share with me, I will share it with the world. Awesome. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Kevin said, great. Fluger said, great scrap, brother. What is the optimum temperature for a PBR? When I touch the can, my hand has to burn. <laughs> that came from Zach Velvis. Great. Yes, absolutely. Uh, how many is it going to take for the Phillies to win the trophy? I knew Bobby I was going to get asked the question. Bobby Williams wants to know. <clears throat> Big Bob, Bobby Boy. I think the Phils are going to do it in six. I think they're going to lose two games. Lose two, take it in six. You have it first here on the scrap uh, from Bobby Eckert. Okay, housekeeping and cleanup. Everybody, go to firehousevigilance.com. The Vigilantes is live. Uh, we have a forum once a, once a month when we get together and we discuss something. This month we are discussing uh, Colonel Grossman's book, On Combat. Uh, really excited about it. We gave ourselves two months to discuss that. Last month, we listened to Aaron Fields' podcast on Journeyman Firefighters and discussed him. It's awesome. It's very intimate. It's great. If you want to be a part, go to firehousevigilance.com. Sign up. Join up so you don't miss out on it. It's a blast. Uh, go on. Yeah, I did that. Uh, scraps coming up. Felt bad because of Grant last night, man. I was I was really excited for Grant. Uh, I really am grateful for Bobby stepping up to the plate, crushing this scrap, so everybody wins. Um, upcoming next few scraps, you got Justin McWilliams, Stephen Runyon, Ron Moore, and then John Spira. How hot is that lineup for the next four you got weeks? got some good people, man. Dude, it's going to be crushing. Uh, uh, everybody, if you can, go rate the podcast. I'll send you stickers. Send me a screenshot of, of the rating, and I will send you stickers. Uh, go rate the book on Amazon. That helps out immensely. Go give it five stars. Uh, and that pretty much it. Love the sponsors. Kehoe's, First Line Fire Training, Affordable Drill Towers, and Fit to Fight Fire. Reach out to them and let them know how much you appreciate them supporting the scrap. If anybody, if you know anybody that wants to be a sponsor, have them reach out. Bobby, thank you for short notice stepping in and giving me your evening and being Father, a... Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I thank everybody else who, uh, who came out and, uh, and was part of it. No doubt, dude. You crushed it. Audience, you make the scrap what it is. Thank you for tuning in live. Thank you for all the awesome questions. I love you all. Remember, mutts don't scrap. I hope the tones stay silent unless it is burning. Everybody, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.